the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Well, welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. We'll get some cap stuff in there, but yeah, the recent news of the Supreme Court uh, overturning sports gambling laws, basically New Jersey winning the case for all of the us. Garden State leading the way again. Yes, is Chris Christie uh, like, you know, America's number one hero now? I mean... Uh, <laughs> Chris Christie for president. Well, hey, he may <laughs> right? run on that, right? Uh, once it's groundbreaking, though, Kevin. I mean, I, and we don't even know how groundbreaking it's going to be, Mike, but I think the initial reaction is this is a big deal. This is a big deal for anybody interested in sports, for anybody who plays professional sports, who anybody runs a sports league. The revenue opportunities are going to be there. Um, the fan engagement opportunities are going to be there much more so than they are now. I, I just feel like the, the avenues that this is going to open up are endless. I mean, endless. You can have a discussion about any angle here. You can have the, the college discussion. We've had that discussion here where college athletes need to be paid. Well, now there's going to be betting on college games worldwide. You know what I mean? So the revenue in, in that entity is going to increase. Obviously, the revenue in the NFL and everything is going to increase in terms of our money coming into that, um, you know, stay at home. You know, how are you going to put butts in seats anymore? How is that going to happen? Right. You've got fantasy no. sports. You can bet on the game. You can bet on games that don't, you know, that are basically non-existent in your in your scheme. Um, everything's sort of opening up now in terms of wormholes, in terms of sports, but the money is going to be everywhere. I Well, I'm going to answer that question. Yeah. Remind me to come back to how you're going to get people to go to games okay. uh, with that. Th- this is uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, floodgates seemingly are open. Matter of fact, what, New Jersey is ready to go, right? Yes, yeah, supposedly oh, yeah. uh, the, uh, this, Memorial yeah. Day yeah. weekend, uh, one of the tracks in New Jersey that's right. had a sports facility essentially ready for four years says they're going to start taking bets uh, on Memorial Day weekend. They're not going to wait for legislation. The league seem to want to wait for a federal oversight so that they don't have to deal with 50 states so that there can be an easier flow of revenues. I don't know that any of that, you know, and how many states are going to be follow Jersey right. and get it up and going or or are some of the non-governmental Indian casinos going to say hey we're doing it now right so many questions right and you know we reside in New York State and frankly I, I expect the glacier uh, to not move very fast uh, on this I really <laughs> they do. learned their lesson about well it. especially since the attorney general just well got listen right. everybody <laughs> here, here's just a quick thing and that no matter what state you're in right now most every legal expert in anywhere said the Supreme Court's not going to uphold the ban on sports gambling. Like most that I read everywhere said New New Jersey's going to win this case and it's going to open up. So why would you wait? Like the smart ones are 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 preparing and are ready. ready. I think every league has been ready. They've known this is coming. I'm not talking about the leagues. I'm talking about states. Leagues, yes, the leagues are ready. PGA 2 Commissioner Jay Monahan has been out in front of this. Um, uh, The NBA have been out in front of they're the, they're the two commissioners that have really been I, I thought um, ahead of the curve with things like hey that we'd welcome this we want some but we do want some oversight with this and an inte- and the integrity fee we want our money <laughs> well no but no but no they're they're right to uh, it's not only about money but because uh, part of that is you know the people who uh, participate in their sports uh, you know I'll, I'll look at golf here. Uh, it would seem like, okay, they're independent contractors. Well, how are they going to benefit? Because they, they've gone through training and um, seminars, if you will, to avoid yeah. 
the, the pitfalls that, that could be there. And so there should be some revenues going to the athletes that people are betting on. Right. Am I, and so how, how would they do that? Through uh, additional sponsorships, which lead to higher purses, and that integrity leads to higher purses that they're competing for, so they don't need to participate in it. Right, and I, and I, the leagues is, is, are really a discussion in themselves, and we've sort of brought it together here uh, initially in terms of how are they going to kind of fire back? And really, I'm not sure that much can be done in terms of the, the league revenue changing until these CBAs expire, which for a lot of these leagues is three, four years down the road in right. terms of you know when that restructuring can happen and then obviously you know how that will impact things like salary caps and league caps and things like that going forward. Um, it's going to happen. It's just I don't think it's going to be quick. I don't think it's going to be right now. That's going to be a reactive situation sure. more as you know really what's going to happen is new jersey is going to launch this thing and it's going to go they're not going to wait for the nfl they're not going to you know they're, they're going to they're going to precede the nfl season they're going to be ready and there's going to be money in pockets and money getting ready to be passed out in terms of these nfl preseason games let's not even joke about that i mean it's going right. to happen yeah it's going to be ready you know there's going to be a a learning curve for everybody and there's going to be a situation where you know things are going to go wrong that's for sure especially out in new jersey let's be honest here. well from your perspective <laughs> But, so you had to get you had to get a, on, get a on, jersey shot on. in, didn't taking you? Taking Paul's home. You had here. to get a shot into the jersey native here, didn't you? Hey, the bottom line is the bottom line here, Mike, and as it relates to what you do and what Spot Track does, is this has the potential to add more revenue to leagues and teams which raise salary caps, which raise player salaries. Again, we don't know how much, but the initial thought on your end is that, you know, we're talking about crazy numbers in the NBA and other places anyway. They're just going to get crazier. The, the caps are going to go up. Look at and that's going to happen. Like I said, it's maybe may three, four years down the road just based on how the, uh, the collective bargaining has to come together. But there's another element to this too, and this is going to be a brand awareness, just massive launch here this is going to be projectile brand awareness for these guys right people who really didn't care how football games finished or 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 the duration of football games or baseball games let's be honest baseball you know lasts forever but now that you can bet on baseball it's not just fantasy you know it's not just you're you're watching your fantasy roster and keeping interest that way which a lot of people do especially with with a sport like baseball but now that you can physically bet on baseball all the time, somewhere Pete Rose is screaming, "Yes!" Yeah. Did you? By the way, tangent. The, the league basically came out and said he's still not getting back in. We know we know this is happening, <laughs> even but though he's it's still now gone. legal. Yeah, no. Right? It they was legal. Then. They made a yeah. statement day one, but uh, well, because, I just think well, I mean, and and just let me just add this. Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. He was managing a team and betting on his team. Yes. It was no that, good. That, no. Any. Listen, if you're competing in the sport, you should not be betting on the sport. And even with it legal, in, in my opinion, if you're competing in between the lines, you should not be betting and, on and it. And let's, let's, stay on, let's stay on that. because Huge we, red flag You there. talked about the integrity fee and you talked about the things that are sort of going to be in place to sort of bridge the gap. But all these things already exist because you could bet yes. in Vegas right now. You've always been able to right. bet in Vegas. And overseas. Yeah. So it's not like this is new. This is just expanding is all it is. So so the leagues already have these sort of constraints in place and and the players have been through processes to understand you know sort of what's off limits and what they can and can't do. Well, there's they, all they, that stuff. Yeah, you're they're compensated so highly. Yeah. Yeah, like they don't need Yeah. Like I, I would just no. They they're just they, they're highly compensated. You don't even need to go to that portion of the casino. You want to go to the crabs table, fine. But but yeah. L- let me sort of bridge the gap and, and sort of continue on this brand awareness conversation because because let's let's stay local here, right? Let's stay local. The, the Buffalo Bills got into the playoffs last year because of why? 
Do we know? Well, they, they got in because well, they got a lucky break from the, the not the, the Cincinnati Bengals right. winning over the Ravens, right? Because right. of a crazy play fashion. with a right. no name wide receiver yes. who caught a ball, who, who scored the touchdown, who got in, who got the Buffalo Bills in. That player became famous because of that moment, right? In Buffalo, actually, the player who caught it didn't. It was the quarterback who well, threw it. They they, right. they all sort of both got themselves on the national skate because of this, right? This happens in fantasy all the time when you're a fantasy sports uh, team owner. You're watching your players, whether you like them or know them or not, and if they do something that that promotes you know your team and makes you win or gets you points, however it's going to work, they become famous to you. This is going to happen to no name athletes because of gambling, because because more people are gambling. Some third stringer is going to win somebody a thousand bucks, and they're going to become their favorite. Famous. Player. They're going to become famous, and the brand awareness for these players is going to expand without them really knowing. You know, because of one game, one a minute in a game, or a, a swing of a bat. You're going to be able to become famous because you're going to be making people tons of money in the middle of August on a no-name game. It's going to expand the regular season in terms of the uh, the interest. It's going to, it's going to do a lot of really good things uh, now, in you, terms of the duration of these big leagues. You talked about fantasy football. Yeah. You have a theory that this could potentially damage what fantasy sports are as we know them now. Tell right. everybody. Right, sure. I mean— Right now, we're, we've been relying on the fantasy roster to sort of bridge the gap between, you know, being able to make a couple of bucks off of the real the real players. And I don't know if, we're, you know, that's people love it. People are engrossed in it. It's a fun part of the game and of the sport. Um, and it's not going away. But I think it might take a little bit of a hit to people who really just want to go out and make money. I mean, if, I mean, if you play fantasy sports for money. There's a better way to do it now. Let's be well, honest. Well, isn't that what the daily fantasies were? That was it fantasy is. sports oh. on a daily basis for money. They still are, by and the way. They, they still just are. They were just... banded some states. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. obviously that's going to improve as well. And and people and that's part do of make the... a ton of money on that. And and leagues, you know, let's face it. Uh, we saw in our local market where they were advertising. They they own stake in them. Yes. The leagues own stake in DraftKings yes. and FanDuel. Teams so, I mean, and own. And, it's and all leagues. good in terms yes. of that. Right. Which is, again, yeah. um, I get. Yeah. And it's all part of them earning some more revenue. I, you know, I, I look at it this way. I, I think leagues and even teams are saying, well, all right, if this is legal, why should, uh, you know, the sports book at X, XYZ Casino make the money? Why shouldn't I? Why, uh, Are there going right? to be ATM machines at NFL stadiums well, that was gonna be my where po- you can go place a bet? That was exactly it's what coming. I was going to say. You're talking about how you get people there? They are going to have betting terminals in arenas. There's or you're no going to be doubt. able to do it on your phone. You're going to be able to sit in a stadium and go, I think that uh, yeah. um, Julio Jones is going to score the next yeah. touchdown. Here's my 20 yeah. bucks how many people? How many baseball fans are going to be hitting the head with a foul ball because they're sit, looking at their phone live betting the baseball game they're at right now? <laughs> explain explain what that is. Uh, to me. So, listen, because you, you were, we were talking before we started recording. Yeah. Um, and we know this is going a lot of directions because there's so many different directions here, right? And there's, it's a romantic thing to think that, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win big, you know, I'm gonna hit the triple crown with the, the uh, three, um, yeah, the horse the long racing, shots, yeah. right? You know, and you, you cash in for a huge amount of money, which is what the majority of people's sports betting That's right. is right, That's right now, right? Which, which I've always maintained. Uh, sl- if I could, if I could, if I could bet on a four-legged athlete, why can't I bet on yeah, a two-legged? A Twenty-dollar <laughs> bet on the Derby is what the majority of Americans' sure. only sports gambling is, right? Um, so this, in a sense, is uh, I, I think similar along that. But you were mentioning you lot, you were in Vegas once, yeah. Mike, and you. We're live betting a game. Yeah, I mean, it's so exactly what we what just sort of joked about. It's 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 basically what Paul just said. You can you can literally bet the next play. 
So is the next play in a football game going to be a touchdown, a running play, a passing play, an interception, a fumble? Um, and that, you can do that play-by-play, drive-by-drive. I mean, is, is the next drive going to be a touchdown, a field goal? I'm going to say if you're it's doing complicated, that, it's you might need fun. some help. <laughs> Well, that, that's another well, offshoot that, yeah, of this that, whole that's discussion the conversation. that we haven't even got it. But, and then while you said <laughs> wow. it, let's just say there are some concerns about oh, this yeah. as well, too, because the easier you make it for people to bet, there are going to be people that are going to get addicted to it. There are going to be people that are going to lose a lot of money and hurt their families because of it. And there needs to be some yeah. consideration into that as well, too. All that said, well, continue your your thought there. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Paul. I mean, that exists now too of with course. casinos. But I think for people just to say that is like you're putting your head in the sand. This because this is a whole new deal, <laughs> a whole new, whole new deal. And, and for you know the the people that aren't in Vegas and have, don't do this on a, on a regular basis, you know, th- there are full time jobs with daily fantasy sports. I mean, you right. quit, you quit yes. your day job, you you understand the strategy behind it. You can go to conferences for FanDuel. And DraftKings, and most of the people that win, most of the people that win FanDuel and DraftKings are people that do that and run the programs and run the math and play the percentages and are not the guy who says, "Oh, hey, I think Joe Schmo is going to have a big night tonight. I'm going to put him on my team." No, there's a there's a science to it. There's a mathematics to it. It's all that nerdy stuff that we love here at Spot Track, and uh, you know, it's going to be legal. It's going to be legal to go, and if you do your homework and you actually understand the, the different sports and how they pay out and things like that, there's going to be serious money to make, but I, I would definitely recommend you doing your homework. <laughs> well, see, now that's why I think the regular fantasy, the illegal fantasy league, if you will, right? Yeah, will remain intact. Will remain intact. Yeah, because, because it's hard work to make money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, why <laughs> yeah. do I want to compete uh, and go on uh, you know, but, one of the sites and be like, okay, oh, I'm going to put my team in. And then I've got uh, Egon in his mom's basement running algorithms like crazy, and he's got fifteen thousand teams in there because he's got right. somebody back. Hang on, he's got some rich guy backing him, yeah, um, to put in all these teams, and he wins X amount per week. And that's how those guys win a lot of money is they have thousands of teams entered. Yeah, yes, to flood the market right? almost. Yeah. So it's to like speak. betting on every horse. Yeah, <laughs> correct. <laughs> Uh, it, it's yeah. done that way, which, you know, part of me as a, a capitalist would like to say, okay, well, good on you for figuring something out. But the other part of me says, well, boy, I'm the sucker at yes. the table. Right? right, and that was That's kind right. of the revelation about DraftKings and FanDuel was that once people realized that it wasn't just the average Joe uh, betting on who they think is going to have a good game that week, that they figured out that it was the computer programmers of it that were making it impossible for the average Joe to win. Which is kind of what I don't want. It didn't kill those things, but it took them from being uh, a mass appeal. Uh, recreation to being somewhat much more limited now. Yeah. And really, you know, the difference between what we're talking about now in terms of betting for a, on a game versus a fantasy game is the statistics, right? Right. I mean, I mean, fantasy, the fantasy team, the roster is completely stat based. You're hoping that X player gets more stats than X player and things like that. Um, but the, but all the, 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 the research that, that people tell you about actually betting on a game, win loss, which is what fantasy doesn't have, right? The, the, the result right. is you need to do your homework times 52, right? If you're betting a football game, you need to know the projected stats and matchups and weather and all that for every single situation in a game. So you're, you're not just betting because you think they're going to score more points. You need to understand why they're going to score more points and all that. And you're going player by player. And it's, that's what I mean. The homework is is out there. It's available. It's something you can actually learn how to do and forecast these kind of things. But people are going to really pump some time and money into this, and it's going to be a really big venture. Look at sports 
Sports is not dead. The NFL is not dead. Right. So, and, and the last point on that, Mike, on that. is I, I think that's a good point because I think there is some semblance of sports has become rooting for your individual players sure. and ignoring teams. Sure. You know, I don't care if my team that I live in my city wins or loses as long as my guy gets his one or two touchdowns. I think that's a sort of an underwriting negative about how sports fandom has changed. So if it goes back the other way a little bit because of this, I think that's a good thing. I think betting on individual athletes right. is an extremely interesting, risky, and scary yeah, proposition. Oh yeah. How's I that? I agree. NASCAR racing, golf, that like, kind of thing. I have, yeah. I have friends in golf leagues, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, okay? Um, just because I know how, like, are you kidding? And any week, one of 144 players can go shoot the lights out and win. Like, pff, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, you want How do you predict which one that's going to be? Correct. Right? It's like uh, betting on a soccer player right. in England. Did anybody mention goal, Webb Simpson's name in the lead up to the Players' Championship? No, and he right. was unbelievable. Correct. And there are other players. Uh, I'll give you another example. You know, there are other players who were playing great, and then they, they hit the 17th hole, and it's like, boom, right? I mean, um, so I'm just using uh, golf as an example there. Um, but, you know, there, there are people who do it, because every time they, they go to the Open Championship, right, um, they have the odds on there, and so on. I'm like, okay, and and this is part of daily life in England, right? This is what they do in yes. England, like at soccer oh, you games. You can sit in a pub and, and bet the soccer game, right? Yeah, this is what they do. It, for it's part of the football sports experience. Mike, it's called there. football over there. Yeah, yeah. Not, not here. Yeah, <laughs> not I, here. I'm not. You there. know what? I I just think, uh, and listen, we all know people like buddies, like, oh, I got action on this game. You know, mm-hmm. you know, they got an action with the guy's nose is sideways, right? I mean, that's the old joke, anyhow. Um, the uh, <laughs> you're laughing at me with that, Mike. <laughs> but anyway, um, and, and I, I've never done. I've never bet on a game. No, never. Even I've been in Vegas for games. I've never uh, done it. I don't know. I just getting in this business uh, reporting. I always said, you know, I'm never going to bet on the game because I don't want to be swayed. Um, I want to maintain as much in your opinions and ob- your analysis. Yes, yes. I want to maintain, maintain as much objectivity as I can and not let having money on somebody. Um, meaning a team uh, influence anything. Let's let's actually talk about that for a minute because and maybe that both makes of me you too. I'm, I'm not a puritan here. No, but no. I'm just saying you know. No, no. But it's actually a nice transition because both of you are play by play and broadcasters, or yes. have been, or you know will be. In, you know, in the next month, couple months or so, or so here, is that going to change? How much are, is, are the networks going to be talking about this? They're already doing that. They Al do, Michaels and Brent Musburger are famous, oh. notorious well, for dropping hints to people that know what they're talking you're right. about for having done it. But it's a very small group. Correct. It's a very stable group of people. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Brent, that, Brent's that new venture is going to be even more popular now. Well, yeah, you're right. I'll tell you what. You're right. Uh, people looked uh, cross-eyed when Brent yeah. stepped away. He's a genius now, yeah, isn't yeah. he? saw that. Hurt, cut, cut. I have no, I have no pr- listen, I have no problem with... Uh, giving people the lines, mm-hmm. right? Because those are old. I mean, come on, Berman did it for years. Oh right? God, yeah. Jimmy the Greek back in the day, famous, mm-hmm. of right? Course. Uh, they they did it for years on uh, the, the regular shows when it was only legal, um, and I guess it's still only legal in Vegas, right? They have to correct uh, pass uh, state things, but anyhow. Um, so they did it then. I have no problem with giving people the lines. Mm-hmm. The the players pay attention to it. Ah, we were we were we were underdogs. Right, they know what's going on. Right, uh, as far as that, but they just use it as a motivational tool. It it shouldn't 
affect the way broadcasters call a game. Sure. Um, I guess you now have to be somewhat conscious of it, and you can now acknowledge it when you don't have to talk about, you know, when, when a team scores a late garbage touchdown yeah. to cover the spread. You're like, oh, there's some people aren't going to be happy it's, about that yeah, one. Let's not kid yourself, you though, know, Paul. Paul it's going to happen. Yeah, don't, don't kid yourself. The spread and underdog is gonna be, are going to be buzzwords come yeah. October. Let's, let's be honest here. I, 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 um, I, I think there, there will be broadcasters who yeah. do bet on games, and it may bleed into their performance. Yeah. I, I, again, it, uh, there's no doubt about it. Like I said, right. it's already happening. That's, it already yes. happens. So That's now why I won't do it. Right. So, But, yeah, I, I would like to think Kevin and I would both say we're there to report and call the, uh, the uh, what's going on in front of our eyes to an audience that wants to know, um, you know, if they if people have money on it, they can kind of interpret it themselves. I think I don't know that that's the play by play guy's role. No, it's not the only the only sport where it's accepted is horse racing. Actually, <laughs> right? Seriously, right? Sure, I right. mean, the announcer, ah, I put you know my my bet was on this, and because it's I don't know I it's kind of a fun thing mm-hmm. I think yeah. uh, the triple crown like I, I I bet on the triple crown and you know I'm like ah. Oh. My guy didn't come in, you know? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes as far as it goes for Spontrack.com and league revenues sure. and salaries. That's It's kind of an unknown, but it, it's going to be a factor at some point. It's going to touch everything. It's going to touch fantasy owners. It's going to touch, you know, the the everyday fans, and it's certainly going to touch the advanced fans who, you know, want a piece of the pie here. All right, let's, let's move on to our cap fact. Today's cap fact. All right, today's cap fact is understanding something else uh, that we're I, – I have no idea how this works. It's the NFL compensatory draft picks. You know, every year you say, okay, there's 32 teams. They have seven rounds. Well, the math's easy in that. And then you're like, well, wait a second. That's not divisible by 32. That's because there's compensatory – Paul, tell me what a compensatory pick is. Well, it's for teams that lose more free agents than they sign. The league has a very secretive formula, Mike, that determines whether teams – how whether they get any draft picks, how many they get, and do they get as high as a third-round pick. Uh, and what you'll notice is, is a team that loses three or four prominent free agents is likely to get compensatory picks – the next year and I think it's become much more aware in NFL front offices to know well geez we, we might want to sign this guy he could help us a little bit but if we sign him we might lose a compensatory pick so is that worth it or not yeah there's no question that the the team strategy in terms of building and going forward that has become more visible in terms of the comp, comp picks um, I just want to fir- first start by saying this uh, this was actually a question that came from Twitter through an email so awesome um, you know I'm happy to respond to that kind of thing and please feel free to reach out at any time with any questions you want heard on the podcast because we're happy to do it um, this is a question that comes up a lot by the way at the comp- compensatory pick so yeah it's a complicated formula we don't know it None, it's kind of lock and key with the league um, but we've sort of heard a lot of the factors that go into it so I just want to sort of break down the nuts and bolts of that um, there's really four four to five kind of factors that you can kind of Account, account for when you're thinking about a player and how he may uh, deal with being a comp pick. So salaries, number one, how much did he make last year when, when before the team lost him? How much did he play? And then how much did he play for the new team when he signed? So it's, it's a, it's a year long process. It's where did he come from? Where did he go? And sort of how did he impact each team on each side of the, of, of it? And then awards, was he a pro bowler? Was he, uh, you know, did an all pro, did he reach any incentives that gave him a little bit more of a boost in terms of that year? So all of that sort of comes in. Did he make the playoffs? Was he? A, did he make the postseason? Um, those kind of things all come into play when you're factoring how good of a comp pick this that player is going to be worth. And that's really what teams are sort of 
projecting as they go, make these decisions with players. Um, and it's a decision that factors into how you handle the end of your year because we've seen the last three, four years that the trades have become a lot more more visible in terms of how teams are, are moving their players around. A traded player does not account for a comp pick. So when you when you trade a player away, that's you're giving away an opportunity to to acquire a comp- compensatory pick in the next offseason. Um, so so things like that are are, are coming into play. But really, the one I, w- I want to focus on, sort of relevant to spot track, is we're seeing a, stru- a change in the structure of contracts because of this. W- what happens is if you have to release a player, like like the Cowboys just released Des Bryant two years prior to his contract expiring. They're going to receive nothing for Des Bryant in terms of a compensatory pick because they released him out of his contract. In order for a player to be eligible for a compensatory pick for the team, their contract has to fully expire. They they have to play out their entire contract, become a free agent, get signed somewhere else. That's the that's the only process for the team to sort of receive some some kickback in terms of that player. So a player like Des Bryant is worth nothing to the Cowboys in the next year's draft. Uh, So what what does that mean? It means that you're going to start seeing teams being more strict with the structure of these contracts. They're not going to add those fluff years in the back to a lot of these, you know, mid-level players where, you know, if, if it takes a two-year deal to get, to get a guy in, either he's staying the two years or he's not coming because you want, you're, you're seeing a lot more veterans on one-year deals, you know, for maybe a little bit more money than they're worth this year. But it's because of this process. It's because you're able to say, "Come here for a year. We'll let we'll let it, the contract expire. We'll throw you away, you know, to the weeds next year, and then we get a little bit of a kickback for that as well." So and if you have a, a good year, plan. that helps us on the field. And then sure. if the, you have such a good year that you're going to go sign somewhere else, it helps us because we're going to get a comp pick back. That's right. That's right. And and really, the one that I want to make note of, just because it's it's sort of fresh in our head, is the, the Bills recently traded Sammy Watkins to the Rams, got a really nice return for him in terms of you know a starting EJ Gaines cornerback and a second round pick, which was a huge drawback. So to, to the point of where you had a guy like me thinking there's no way the Rams are letting him walk away, right? Because that, that they gave up way too much to, to have a, a rental player for a year and then give him away. They gave him away because the the Chiefs offered him $30 million guaranteed. Well, that's all going to factor. I mean, the, the Rams are set for a real nice comp pick because of this situation. Sure. So they're going to get some kickback because of the, uh, of, you know, the acquisition and then the loss just because Sammy Watkins is making a ton of money with the Chiefs now. So all of that's going to factor in. Now, if he goes and becomes a pro bowler, you know, he, that's going to be a, a third-round pick set well, in stone. Well, and, and in a very simplistic form, use Kirk Cousins as an example. You can yeah. almost guarantee the Redskins are going to have a third-round third round compensatory pick. pick next year yeah. if Kirk Cousins has the kind of year that he has and should have in Minnesota. So so let's just finish on sort of the, the structure of how the picks are awarded, right? So we talked about the factors that go into it, but they're, they start in round three. They're at the end of round three, and they can go in round three, four, five, six, or seven. So based on the how well the, the player accounts for that formula that we sort of discussed. The pick can be as high as a third or as low as a seventh. Um, it's always the year later. So like I said, it, it, the, the, it's, you, you lose a guy this year, it's going to be next year's draft where you get compensated. It's not, it doesn't happen immediately. Um, you can get a maximum of four comp picks as a team. So it's, you, know, you can't really abuse this and you know, let yeah. half your team walk away and, and know it's going to be a great draft in two years. Um, but that's really it. I mean, I mean there's sort of... Like I said, there's a lot of a little bit of an unknown in terms of what the league knows and, t- and how they grade these things. But yeah, when, when you see free agents hit the market, that's something to think about. And, and we're going to start tracking, you know, sort of the projections in terms of these free agents in, in, the, in the coming years of what they might be worth. 
um, in terms of, you know, if they're lost and if they go and produce at a certain level, where might they fall for that, you know, losing team in terms of comp picks? But it's something to think about because teams are definitely thinking about it and how they build their teams. All right, one more thing to get to on the podcast, and that's the contract of the week. Time now for the contract of the week. All right, the contract of the week, Mike, is one of the contracts that may go down as one of the worst uh, in baseball. And again, the Yankees and Red Sox and big money teams tend to throw money at guys. And and I think they understand they're going to hit on some, they're going to miss on some. But when you throw a lot of money at a guy that you're counting on to be your number one starter, as the Red Sox did with David Price, they didn't expect this to happen. No. Uh, look, at all the signs were, were fine when the Red Sox acquired David Price. I mean, he was... He was overused a little bit in the Joe Madden structure out in Tampa Bay. That was maybe a red flag, but um, I don't think anybody saw the crazy coming. And there's a, there's been a little bit of crazy with David Price to go along with 31 million a year. Um, look, let's talk numbers real quick. He's made 90 million in three years there. Uh, take that for what you will. He's got a player option after this year that will unleash him another 127 million more. So I would imagine he's going to opt into that because. <laughs> Based on his four ERA and five ERA in the postseason, I'm going to guess that he's not going to be worth $31 million on the market right now. Um, so financially, Boston's in a hole here because they've got a player who has been injured, who cannot strike anybody out, who's got a terribly high ERA and whip in terms of the, the, the pitching stats. Um, and he's sort of the middle of the rotation now. He, $31 million for a thir- uh, you know number three on your roster, that's, that's not great. That's, I mean, even Boston, who... Yeah, they'll they'll shell out money when they need to. They're in a situation where they're they're going to be four or five years down a road here, that just seems to be getting worse. So here's the story with David Price because it's been sort of in the news lately, and uh, it's the next volume of crazy that came out of Boston with David Price. There's always a volume of crazy that comes out of Boston. He's a, by the way. And you told me I'm going to love this story. I, I do think you will. So David Price, the the, the the most recent injury is wrist tendonitis because David Price. Apparently is addicted to Fortnite. Oh, no. So thirty-one million. He's <laughs> oh, pitching yeah. every five days with a four and a half ERA on the best one of the best teams in baseball right now. Right, no reason not to be motivated. But apparently he's he's dealing with wrist tendonitis because of an addiction to video games. So uh, where does it end? We don't know. But I can tell you right now that contractually Boston's going to be on the hook for one hundred twenty-eight million over I, the next somehow, four years. Somehow <laughs> I, I I'm I'm trying I'm having an issue with. I'll have to ask my son if he's playing with David Price. Yeah, who you knows? Know, online. Right? Yeah. But, you know, wearing the headset and screaming, here he comes! I got him! Right? I mean. <laughs> Look at I don't know. <sighs> Doesn't $31 million a year make you want to take care of your hands? Right? Yes. I mean, <laughs> you would think so. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'd have a, you know, I have a masseuse you know, every day, like making sure everything was good there. Look at, yeah, like Costanza with the, the finger model, the hand yes, model, right? The hand like, model. Look at, yes. right. I, I, I've told you before, I've read a, a bunch of these contracts specifically, and this is going to be the next element added in. This is going to be it. You're going to see oh it. Oh, my God. No extensive video game playing because look, at, look where we are. We're at a point. It's not even, it's, why, not, it's the middle of May, and he's got tendonitis. Why can't he be like any every other major league pitcher? You uh, play golf every other day except for the day you pitch. Sure. Right? Yeah. Or if you're Matt Harvey, you drink five nights a week and then you know, <laughs> remember, I'm better. Right. I'm better. I'm better. By the way, I heard <laughs> and then have to find new bars in Cincinnati. Yeah. There are good ones in Cincinnati too. So you can soak it up with the with the chili this pasta. All, this is all hearsay. Yeah. I just want to go on the We're rambling. Say this is all hearsay. None of this is factually no, it's on the internet. It must be. No, true, he's got right? tendonitis because of video games. Okay. And he's gonna make 128 million no matter what. Wow. That's a fact. Wow. Kids, uh actually parents, if your son or uh, and or daughter is left-handed. Yes. Put them on the mound 
and your life is set. And keep them away from Fortnite. That's it. All right. We covered a lot of ground here. It's going to be interesting to see um, how all the stuff we talked about unfolds um, with sports betting uh, just coming down and what happens with leagues and, and how it's regulated. There'll need to be oversight and how that's regulated. It'll be interesting to see who gets compensatory picks and how many. And it'll be interesting to see if um, David Price stops playing Fortnite and starts pitching better. All right. For the founder of SpotTrack.com. Mike Gennetti, make sure you go there, SpotTrack.com, for all the uh, contracts in professional sports. And for Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening.